Good morning and welcome to Friday morning, December the 11th in 2020 on When I Rise. We're currently in year B, the third Sunday of Advent, and on Fridays we like to look at the gospel text for the week from the Revised Common Lectionary. Today we're going to go to a familiar passage in John chapter 1, verses 6 through 8, and then 19 through 28. So I'll read that passage, provide a couple points for reflection, and we'll spend our time praying along its theme. So thanks for making this party morning and when I rise. Let's allow our souls to rise and be God together in a time of prayer. John chapter 1, verses 6 through 8 and 19 through 28. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. Now this was John's testimony when the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem sent priests and Levites to ask him who he was. He did not fail to confess, but confessed freely, I am not the Messiah. They asked him, Then who are you? Are you Elijah? He said, I'm not. Are you the prophet? He answered, no. Finally, they said, who are you? Give us an answer to take back to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? John replied in the words of Isaiah the prophet, I'm the voice of one calling in the wilderness. Make straight the way for the Lord. Now the Pharisees, who had been sent to question him, asked him, Why then do you baptize if you're not the Messiah, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? I baptize with water, John replied, but among you stands one you do not know. He is the one who comes after me, the straps of whose sandals I'm not worthy to untie. This all happened at Bethany on the other side of the Jordan where John was baptizing. This is the word of God for us. Church history hero John Wesley once said, if you want to make an impact in the world, Become a voice and not an echo. And that's who we see as we meditate on John the Baptist and his testimony and his story in the gospel story. As we're waiting on Jesus this Christmas season and the Advent season, uh, we look at all those pieces that came into place to testify about who Jesus was. And some of the mere facts about John's story are striking, right? I mean, he didn't have that long of a ministry. Uh, Some estimates were maybe 9 to 18 months. He came from obscurity. Uh, he didn't really perform a miracle. He had just a, a unusual demeanor about him, but yet his popularity was so wild. And what we see in John's gospel here is that his popularity was so wild and disruptive that the religious authorities from the institution of the temple in Jerusalem had to go and find some answers. And so John has a tricky line to toe here. He claims that he's not the Messiah. He is not the Elijah that's supposed to return. He is not the prophet. Uh, We think that that might come from a reference from Deuteronomy when Moses said that one comes after him and that people should listen to him. And so John is dodging all of these, almost like Neo's character in the Matrix, dodging all those bullets that are shot at him. And then he leaves a vague answer. He says, go back to the book of Isaiah. I'm a voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. He's like, there's already one among you and you should be terrified by this because you haven't noticed him. But he is more worthy than I. I can't even stoop down and untie his sandals. He is the he is the chosen one, right? And so John, he's wildly popular. He is a voice and not an echo. And so his story reveals to us that the church should embody the spirit of John the Baptist. Now, all of this can't be, but at least some part of the body of Christ needs to be this wild and disruptive force 
that challenges the world around us, but it also challenges the institution from within in order for us to prepare the way of the Lord because there's still the opportunity for us to miss Jesus today as he ministers in his life among us. So the obvious question for me is, well, how do we become a voice instead of just mere echoes that goes unnoticed? Well, I've been uh, shaped by a book written several years ago by Chip and Dan Heath. They've written so many great books, but they wrote a book called Sticky. And they looked at why is it that some stories and some presentations have a stickiness factor about them and so many go unnoticed in contrast. And so they have a six part formula or six types of stories or six uh, characteristics of a story or a message or a proclamation that tend to stick against those that do not. The first one is that it's simple. John had a simple message. Repent, uh, be baptized, be prepared for the coming Messiah. The second thing that they say is to be unexpected. John was unexpected. Uh, He didn't fulfill the role of someone who should be baptizing. We see this interrogation in John chapter 1. He's not the Messiah. He's not the prophet. He is not Elijah. And so how does he claim that he should be baptizing? But people are streaming out to him, right? Going to the other side of the Jordan River in the town of the vicinity of Bethany. And people are attending to his message. So be unexpected. Be surprising. The third element is that it's concrete. It it presents a vivid picture and allows the mind to to just uh, soar with wonder about what could be happening. And so here's John. He doesn't have false claims. He's got true claims that the Messiah is near and that he's preparing the way. That there's some concrete developments that are happening in the background. Number four from the Heath brothers is that it has to be credible. Uh, and we could ask, well, what made John's testimony credible? And it was probably the, the simple, the fruit of his ministry. People streaming out to him from all places uh, that brought some credibility to his message. And so people had to listen to it. They couldn't just dismiss it and say, nah, this is a fanatical guy in the wilderness. No, there was something to his message. And so people had to attend to it. Number five, it's emotional. Now, for those of you in my listening community who are Presbyterians, you're going to say, I don't have time for this emotional business. But emotions drive us. Uh, You you ever notice how people can know the facts, but they're not moved until their emotions are moved? Uh, They're just not driven until there's like a visceral response. John had dynamic preaching, we assume. And it elicited not just the minds, but also the emotions of his audience. And so it moved them towards action. And the sixth thing in the Heath paradigm is it's a good story. It's something that can be easily recounted and shared uh, again and again, not just by you, but by others at a cocktail party. And so these six elements working in tandem cause something to stick. And what is more sticky than this rumor that began to spread in the streets of Jerusalem? that a wild prophet who came from obscurity is baptizing people in the Jordan River, mentioning that a way for the Lord is being prepared. There's a lot of messages being shared in Jesus' time, but none at this time more provocative than this wild guy with camel's hair, with a strange diet, with bold, passionate witness, talking about who Jesus is. Friends, I believe that we need the spirit of John the Baptist in the church today. And that's going to be my prayer, that God releases that spirit again and that our message would become sticky to the wider world that's around us. So let's spend some time praying this morning.
Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I thank you today that you call the church to be a witness and you call us not to be cloistered just around people who agree with us, but you send us out into the world with big, bold ideas in order to awaken a sleeping world towards good news. And so, God, we thank you for these weeks where we get to meditate on John the Baptist, who uh, with passion and with courage went among the masses and he helped prepare the way for the arrival of Jesus. As we prepare for the returning of Christ. God, I pray that a bold witness would harness the life of the church, that we would be filled with enthusiasm for the work of God. And Lord, I pray that as we share our sermons and as we share our stories and as we engage in faithful service, that the message of Christ would resonate in the culture and the world around us. God, we wake up to a world today that's eager to hear good news and that needs to hear of Jesus. And so God, may it be up to us by the grace you give us to be those bold voices crying out from the wilderness once again. So give us the spirit of John the Baptist. Allow us to have the fire of God in our souls. And I pray that lives would be transformed all around us because of it. I ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.